This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, as Superman and his friend Batman continue their efforts again to pick up the trail of Butcher Stark and his accomplice, the Scarlet Widow... The two vicious enemies of society prepare to strike again. You understand what you ought to do, Butcher? You know the timing of the operation? Yeah, yeah, I got it. It's a cinch, Widow. Not quite, but if you follow my plans to the letter, you shouldn't have too much difficulty. <laughs> and nobody will be the wiser. They'll never find out what happened. That's the beauty of my plan. Say, <laughs> you and me... We work pretty good together, don't we? With your power and my brains, Butcher, we shall go far. Now go get some sleep. We go to work in two hours. Say, gang, did you know that we're all peculiar? Now, that may sound like a pretty strange thing to say, but if you think about it for a moment, you'll see my point. For instance, imagine looking around you and seeing everyone exactly the same. Same features, same clothes, same height. If you said something to one of them, he'd make the same reply that any of them would make. Each one of them would be doing the same thing. If that were so, my hunch says you'd be bored pretty quickly, because, after all, variety is the spice of life. There wouldn't be much point in talking to people if each one answered the same thing every time. If you knew what people thought and liked and could count on what their reply would be whenever you asked a question, for example, you may like baseball. Your pal may prefer swimming. And that doesn't mean that one or the other of you is wrong, does it? But the funny thing is that a lot of people don't seem to realize others can be different. They think that for someone to be normal, he must like the same things they like. Why, in one school I know of, the boys on the football team would hardly even speak to those who got good marks but weren't particularly interested in athletics. And the boys on the school newspaper ignored the ones on the wrestling team. As a result, the whole school was split up into a lot of little groups, each one disliking the other. Now, if these boys had realized that it takes all sorts of people to make up the world, 
that not everyone is interested in exactly the same things, each one would have had many more friends and consequently more fun. Yes, everyone is different in some way, thank heaven. It's up to you to recognize the advantages in those differences and learn to get along with all sorts of people. And now, the adventures of Superman. Allied with the diabolically clever Scarlet Widow, one of Superman's most dangerous enemies, Butcher Stark, the escaped convict and ruthless killer, has begun a deadly campaign of crime, using the sonic power of his voice to establish their mastery over all underworld forces of the nation. However, Superman, having discovered how to fight Stark's power, has stayed on the trail of the convict, a trail that has led him to Chicago, where we find him now with his friend Batman. In their guises as Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, they sit now in a parked car near the outskirts of the city, examining a sheet of tracing paper, their only clue to Stark's whereabouts. It's going to be tough, Bruce. Just this paper marked with numbers and letters to go on. Yeah, I know, Clark. But we know the line running down the middle of the paper must be a court, because Stark's pilot held a tracing paper over this map, mm-hmm. and using the airport as a starting point, worked out a course to an unknown destination. Yeah, that's logical. All right, let's figure out what these numbers and letters... No, wait, no, wait. We'll work it out step by step. Clark's pilot traced his course to a certain destination. Uh-huh. Now, in order to reach that destination, what factors does he have to take into consideration? Well, you're a pilot, Bruce. You tell me. Well, assuming the weather was clear, all he'd have to worry about would be airspeed, wind direction, and wind velocity. Check. Go on. All right, take airspeed first. These numbers here could be his estimated speed. 120? It's a little low. Should be about 135. Well, we'll see. Let's go on to the next step. Wind velocity and direction. That might be this set of figures. 16 NE, northeast. All right. Now then. You said 120 was low for that type plane, which should cruise at 135. Yes. Okay. Knock off 16 miles for headwind and you're down to 120, ground speed. I get it. All right. Now what about this set of figures here and these letters WVAR20N? Well, there's another factor pilot take into consideration when plotting course. Changes in wind velocity and direction. Oh, I've got it. W for wind, VAR variation, 20 miles north. On the nose, pal. Which leaves this last set of figures, 2332. Well, they're marked at the end of the course, aren't they? Yes. Mm, Wouldn't be distance. Stark would be way off this sectional map. (laughs) What a hot pilot you are. He has to plan his time of arrival, doesn't he? That's right. 2,300 hours and 32 minutes. Sure. Now, knowing... Knowing his speed and the wind direction and velocity, can we plot his course? Oh, we can't. But we can take the dope to the meteorology station at Central Airport and find out where these wind conditions exist. That way, we should come pretty close to the destination. Fair enough. Let's get rolling. It's 8.30 now. We only have three hours to go. Do you uh, think you can give us the information, Mr. Blaine? Yes, I think I can help you, gentlemen. Step over this way. We'll examine the master weather chart for this area. Yes, we're in, Bruce. Keep your fingers crossed, Clark. Here we are. Now, let's see. We have a low-pressure area over Chicago now with a high-pressure area below and to the west. Think we'll find what you want over in this direction. Uh-huh. How did you figure that, Bruce? Well, highs tend to spill into lows. Oh. It's one of Mother Nature's tricks to equalize pressure all over the country. Yes, here we are. The wind currents in this region are mostly north and northeast, going right up into the low. That's the direction we want, Mr. Blaine. Is there any specified airflow indicated with a velocity 16 miles northeast or 20 north? Uh, yeah, now, here we are. See this line? It indicates a continuous airflow to the northeast at a rate of exactly 16 miles per hour. That's a pretty long stretch. Along here, there's a tendency toward variation. Change in the wind because of topography and local weather disturbances. 
It shifts to 20 miles north. That's it. That's what we're looking for. Yes. Exactly where is that, Mr. Blaine? Right in here on the map. Stretch of about 100 miles. Uh, pretty desolate country, isn't it? Most mountain area, very few towns, villages. Okay, huh? Mr. Blaine. Thanks very much. You're quite welcome. Let's go, Clark. Let's get back to our car and plot the course on the map. Right. Come on. <laughs> Well, that's that. Now, how much time have we? Well, it's quarter past ten. We have an hour and fifteen minutes to get there. You'll make it with over an hour to spare. There are no airfields down there. wonder where we plan to sit down. That's what we've got to find out. So, off with these clothes, and we'll let Superman take over. There we are. All right. You all set? Check. Okay, then. Up! Up! And away! <laughs> Meanwhile, far to the southwest, a cabin monoplane drills through the night sky, roaring toward a deadly rendezvous. As in the cabin, aft, Butcher Stark and the Scarlet Widow make strange preparations. Are sure the harness is tight enough, Butcher? Yeah. But what about that rope? It ain't gonna break, is it? Of course not. And if it does, you have your parachute. Yeah. But listen, why do I have to jump after the job is over? Why can't I stick with you? There are two very good reasons. First of all, I'm not strong enough to pull you back into the plane. And second, I want you on the ground with the others to make sure they do as they're told. Ah, I don't see why we had to drag them into the deal. Don't be stupid. You think you can transfer that cargo by yourself? Uh, no. But we'll have to split with them, won't we? With When their usefulness comes to an end, Butcher, then you may exercise the power of your voice again. Oh, Oh, yeah. And we need not worry about splitting with them. <laughs> hey, I never thought about that angle. That is precisely why I am necessary to... Okay. When do we go to work? Our rendezvous is timed for 32 minutes past 11. At 35 minutes past 11, we should be finished. Then our leadership will be unquestioned. <laughs> Scarlet Widow seems confident, arrogantly confident, as she and Butcher Stark prepare for their coming operation. What do they plan to do? And now, back to the adventures of Superman! The time now is 11.30, two minutes before Butcher Stark's mysterious rendezvous, and we find Superman standing with his friend Batman on a high plateau, peering through the darkness into the valley below, searching for Stark. Not a sign of them, Superman. They aren't anywhere in this valley. Oh, hang it all, Batman. We've covered at least a hundred square miles inch by inch. They must be somewhere near here. If our figuring was right. Oh, now, don't tell me we made a mistake. Well, I don't see how, but... What time is it? 11.31. That's one minute to go. We may be miles from the right spot. Wait a minute. Huh? Quiet. Hear something? Yes. A plane. Oh, yeah, I hear it now. Sounds like a heavy job, though. Uh-huh. There it is. See the wing lights? Not too well. Four engines. Oh, yeah. Transport. Well, that's not third ship. No, but... Batman! What now? There's another plane up there. About 300 feet over the transport. You think it's Stark? Maybe. Anyway, it's worth investigating. I think I... Batman, it is Stark. Well, how do you know? The sonic power in his voice carries. We've found him, Batman. We've found him. Superman! Look! What the... The transport! Look at it! It's falling apart! Great Scott! in a spin. It's going to crash. Do something, Superman. For heaven's sake, do something now. Like the 
wailing moan of a banshee, the whine of the helpless falling transport fills the sky, and the man of steel pauses uncertainly. This is his one chance to get Butcher Stark. To hesitate too long will mean to lose him again, perhaps forever. But does he dare make contact with Stark's terrible sonic power? Suddenly, he reaches a decision. Up, up, and away! Whatever you do, gang, don't fail to hear the next action-packed episode in which Superman goes into action against Butcher Stark. Be sure to tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 15 of The Voice of Doom on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me do something right here, uh huh. The Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate box, what's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Butcher Stark and the Scarlet Widow strike again, and although Superman is on the scene, he finds himself unable to prevent their escape. Superman, they've knocked out the transport. Stark wrecked it with his voice. Yes, and he's up there in that other plane. I'm going after him. But the transport is falling out of control. What? Look at it. It's in a skin. It'll crash. Great, Scott. Wait here. Up, up, and away! Play gang, imagine you're a transport pilot and your four-motor plane is in the air 10, 15,000 feet up. You're flying blind. You can't see two feet ahead of you. You're right in the soup. But, gang, you've got to stay on course. The lives of your passengers and crew depend on your staying on course. How do you do it? Listen. 
The beam. Sure, that's the answer, gang. In blind flying, stay on the beam and you'll always keep out of trouble. In darkness, fog, and storm, the radio beam is a pilot's path to safety. Well, right here on good solid earth, boys and girls, we have plenty of need to stay on the beam. Because we have a special kind of dangerous idea fog. And some dizzy dopes are always getting lost in it. Maybe you've noticed them wandering around in the fog of ignorance. Their minds are twisted by silly prejudices. They are led astray by nonsense that belittles somebody else's race or religion. And when it comes to straight intelligent thinking, why, they're miles off course. Gang, you'd hate to entrust your safety to an airplane pilot who didn't know his way, wouldn't you? Well, then, for goodness sake, let's not risk the safety and welfare of our country by letting ignoramuses steer us around. Just because they're lost in a fog, we don't want any crack-ups. Believe you me, they'd land us in a pretty pickle if we let them do the piloting. Most of us want clear, safe sailing. And in a country as big as ours, the best way of getting it is by respecting the other fellow. Steer a course like that, gang, and you'll always stay right on the beam. And now, the adventures of Superman. Up, faster, faster. Like a blazing comet, Superman rockets up into the night sky as he charges toward a crippled transport, a four-engine plane that is spinning helplessly earthward from the effects of Butcher Stark's deadly sonic voice. Arrowing straight toward the plane, the man of steel darts under one wildly flailing wing, and coming up underneath, clutches the metal skin with his powerful fingers. There. Now we straighten out and fly right. Superman fights the tremendous force of gravity, pushing the nose of the plane up until it is on an even keel again. The engine still sputter and labor. He realizes that he will have to bring the aircraft to Earth himself. In tight circles, he spirals earthward again, supporting the transport on his mighty shoulders. And in a few seconds, he places it on the broad plateau where Batman is waiting. There we are. Now, duck inside, Batman. See what you can do about the crew. Right. Hurry. Maybe I can still catch Stark's plane. Hey, look at this door. Bless it. Clear off its hinges. Oh, never mind the observation. Step on it. I'm going after Stark. Superman, wait. I can't wait. If I do, I need help badly. Look. Come up here quickly. Oh, these poor fellows are in bad shape, Batman. Yes, they must have caught the full power of Stark's voice. Uh-huh. Look at this flight cabin. It's a mess. Yeah. Now let's see if we can revive them. I've loosened their clothes. Right. I don't get it. Is this why Stark and the Scarlet Widow came down here? To knock out this transport? Uh-huh. Let's take a look in the cargo section. What are those? Bales of cloth? Cloth? Nothing. Those are valuable furs. At least 50 skins to each bale. Furs? Sure. This cargo must be worth at least $250,000. Wow. No wonder. But if this is what they want, how did they figure to get the furs out of here? Well, they're obviously coming back for them. Which may give us the chance we want to get them. I see. Hey, hey, these fellas aren't coming around at all, Superman. Do you think they need medical attention? Well, I'll have to get them to a doctor. As a matter of fact, I might as well take the whole plane out of here. Why? Well, just in case Stark and the Scarlet Widow get here. This way, we'll be sure they won't get the first. Leave these boys strapped in their seats, then they won't be bounced around. Okay. Now, uh... Wait a minute. What's up? Hold it. You hear that? Yeah. Yeah, a car. That truck, more likely. What's the truck doing up here? Someone coming to unload those furs, probably. Hey, that's right. Maybe yes, that's... there it is. Coming across the field toward us. How many on it? Uh, four. Well, I guess that means a battle, huh? No doubt. Okay, let them come. 
check. Okay, you guys, come on, step on it. They're heading for the rear cargo hatch. Well, they obviously know what they're after. When do we move? Let's give them a chance to commit themselves first. Well, this crate sure did a fine job of shutting it down. You better go up front, Musty, and uh, check the crew. Right. Uh-oh, here comes our first customer. Would you like service? With pleasure. Okay, here he comes. Ready and waiting. Catch him, got him. Hey, Rusty, what's up? Don't move back. Hey, Rusty! Come on, pal, investigate. You guys get those parts out of there. I'm going forward. Customer coming up. After you, Alphonse. Thank you, Gaston. Here he comes. Hey, Rusty, what's the idea? Oh, oh. Got him good. Two down, two to go. And those two are wise. Look, they pulled their guns. Oh, well, I'm tired of hanging around. Stay here. I'll get them. Put down those pea shooters, boys. I don't feel like playing. Holy smoke. It's Superman. Come on, let's get out of here. Oh, don't go, boys. We want to talk with no. you. No, leave me alone. I don't like guns. Make me itch. Get in the mate. No, no. Ah, we'll just make them harmless. There. Look, Batman. A couple of pretzels. Hey, neat trick. Now it's my turn. Come closer, pals, and take your medicine. No, stay away from me. Well, take care of that, Superman. Yeah. Now I'd better see that the crew gets medical attention. Well, what about the four sleeping dudes who just arrived? Oh, I'll take them, too. I'll turn them over to the authorities. Well, want me to come with you? No, no. You get rid of that truck in case Stark or the Scarlet Widow show up. Good idea. And if they do, don't stick your neck out. Don't tangle with them. Just watch and listen. Right. I'll be back as fast as I can. Oh, hey, by the way, where are you going? To the closest city of any size. Stand by now so I can get a good grip on this plane. There we are. Good luck. Okay, see you later. Up! Up! And away! <laughs> Where'd the ship come from? Sorry, I suppose I should have stopped for clearance, but as you can see, this flight is slightly out of the ordinary. What? Why, it's... You, you're Superman! Right, and I'm afraid I haven't time to explain things, but in the cabin of this plane, you'll find six men. Hmm? The two strapped in their seats in the flight cabin are the pilots and must be rushed to the hospital immediately. Yeah, The but other I... four are to be sent to jail and guard the cargo. It's pretty valuable. But wait a minute, I, I don't get this. Don't try. Please, just do as I ask. Now, back to where I left Batman. Up! Up! And away! <laughs> searches for his friend, but the field around him is empty and still, and there is no answer to his frantic call. What has happened to Batman? Has he fallen victim to Butcher Stark's deadly power? And now, back to the adventures of Superman! As the Man of Steel frantically searches the high plateau for his friend Batman, fearing he has become another of Butcher Stark's victims, a heavy truck rumbles along a narrow mountain road some 20 miles away. In the cab, Butcher Stark sits alone behind the wheel bewildered scowl on his coarse features. He is perplexed and angry at the failure of his plan. He guides the heavy vehicle carelessly down the darkened road. An interested yet worried observer, Batman, crouches in the van, immediately behind the cab, where he clings to the side support as the truck careens from side to side. That fool will kill us both if he keeps on driving this way. He'll get right off the road. Blast it. With only some way to stop him. But Superman told me not to stick my neck out. Well, I'm in deep enough now, so I may as well make the most of it. Oh, if 
if I could just reach through this window here and clout Stark over the head with his jack handle. Lord, I dropped it. Good Lord, he's stopping. Who's past that? Uh-oh, this is it. Whoever's in there, come out. Not on your life, pal. Come out or I'll come in and get you. Oh, oh, that voice. Did you hear me? Come out. Or you'll be sorry you were never born. As the ruthless killer advances toward the tailboard of the truck, that man can hardly hear him because of the pain caused by Stark's voice stabbing through his head. In another moment, he will be found, and Stark will probably not hesitate to use all of his power in one fatal blast. Can nothing be done to save Batman now? We'll find out in tomorrow's gripping episode, gang, so be sure to listen. Don't fail to tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 16 of The Voice of Doom on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, which is a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, as Batman follows Butcher Stark to a secret destination and finds himself in danger of discovery, Superman, unable to find him, races to the headquarters of the state police for assistance. You've got to help me, Captain Dawson. I know Batman is in danger, but I don't know where he is. And I've got to find him before he tangles with Butcher Stark. I'll do whatever you think is best, Superman. Just tell me what. Block off the entire area for at least 50 miles. Make sure that not so much as a worm can get through. I'll take care of the rest. Consider it done, Superman. But if you ask me, I'm afraid we're too late. If Batman has met with Butcher Stark, he must be dead by now. Boys and girls, is there a witch living in your neighborhood? Does she make the milk in your icebox turn sour? Does she transform the kids in your block into toads and tree stumps? Of course, I'm only joking. Because outside of fairy tales, everybody knows that witches don't exist. But hundreds of years ago, most people really believed in witches, along with spooks and hobgoblins. No kidding. Why, back in what we call the Middle Ages, folks used to sit around at night actually half scared to death of what they might see coming out of the dark. And when the crops failed or the milk turned sour, they always blamed it on witchcraft. You see, they didn't know any better, principally because there were almost no schools in those days and no books to tell them the truth. And anyhow, most of them couldn't read even if they had books. So it's understandable, considering the dark, ignorant times, people could be so superstitious then. But today, there's no excuse for believing in witches or witchcraft. Yet there are certain folks on the dim-witted side who still fall for equally cock-eyed notions. Why, just imagine, with books, newspapers, schools, the radio, and so on, 
all working overtime to teach us the true fact. There are people who swallow the doggondest baloney, such as, for instance, the superstition about a master race, or that one man's religion makes him better than another man. Doesn't that seem stupid? Of course it is. For modern science tells us there isn't a grain of evidence to support any such nonsense. So you can tell any dope who believes such rot that he might just as well believe that the next old lady that he meets and turn him into a tree stump. And now, the adventures of Superman. Forced to abandon his pursuit of Butcher Stark and the Scarlet Widow in order to save the lives of the two pilots in the fur-laden plane Stark wrecked with the deadly sonic power of his voice, Superman left his friend, Batman, on the scene to watch for the killer's possible reappearance. Then he sped to the nearest city with the plane and its unconscious crew. But when he returned, Batman was gone. As the Man of Steel continued his search for his friend, Batman was hiding in the rear of a large truck driven by Butcher Stark himself as it roared through the night to a secret destination. Planning to knock out the escaped convict with a heavy jack handle he had found in the truck, Batman is suddenly thrown off balance when they have a bump in the road. The handle drops to the floor, and Stark's reaction is immediate. Stopping the truck, he leaps out of the cab and runs around to the rear loading doors. Who's in there? Who's in there? His heart hammering, Batman crouches in the darkness near the doors, realizing he has only one chance of survival. Oh, I've got to move fast. When he opens those doors, I've got to jump him and knock him out before he can blast me with his voice. If I miss, it's curtains. For a moment, there is silence, and Batman scarcely breathes as he waits for Stark's next move. Then a sudden sharp pain knights through his head as the killer roars his anger. Whoever you are, come out of there! Oh, oh, come out of there or I'll come in and get you! Then, suddenly, over the deadly tone of Stark's voice, Batman is conscious of another sound, an approaching car. And Stark is silent again. Have any trouble here, mister? Uh, no, no trouble. Uh, are you sure? There ain't no trouble, I tell you. All right. Uh, do you mind pulling over a little so I can get past you? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. With a sigh of relief, Batman inches closer to the loading door. He grasps the jack handle as Stark clambers behind the wheel and starts the truck. Batman waits while Stark pulls up a few yards, waits until the car behind turns wide and passes into the night. Then, with the speed and agility of an acrobat, he ducks out and scrambles to the top of the truck. Lying flat, he holds his breath again as Stark comes to a quick stop and runs back to the loading doors. Flashing a light into the truck, the killer finds it empty. And confident now that the noise he'd heard was caused by something loose, he trudges back to resume his trip as Batman secures a firm handhold on the roof of the truck, prepared to stay on the trail no matter what the cost. Meanwhile, at state police headquarters in Lincoln, the capital city of Nebraska, Superman, frantic with worry, asks for help. I've looked and looked, Captain. I've been over that whole area a dozen times, but I haven't found him. I need your help. Of course, Superman. We'll do what we can. But frankly, if you've searched that area already, I don't know how we can be any more successful. Well, if you can block off the whole region, throw a dragnet around an area of, say, 50 miles, I think we'll have him. I see. Look, have you, uh, thought of the possibility that Batman may be dead? Yes. Yes, but if he were, I'd have found him. There'd be no reason for Stark to take his body with him. Batman is either a prisoner, Captain, or he's following Stark and simply can't get in touch with me. Very well. I'll black off the entire area and alert my road patrol. Thank you very much, Captain. I appreciate it more than I can say. You, of course, can go out with any one of the squad. Well, thanks, but I can do more if I operate from the air. I'll keep in touch with you through your men. Anything you say. Talk to you later, Captain. Good luck to you, Superman. Thanks. Up! Up! And away! <laughs> 
Captain Dawson speaking. Captain, this is Miller, the switchboard. Yeah? The telephone company operator has just passed a funny call to me. I don't exactly know how to handle it. All right, I'll take it. Right, sir. Go ahead, sir. Hello, this is Captain Dawson of the state police. Can I help you? Listen, Captain, this is Batman. Batman? Got to find Superman for me. A message. Wait, Scott, he was here just a minute ago. He's looking for you. Get a hold of him. Tell him I followed Butcher Stark to a small farmhouse meeting the Scarlet Widow. Where's the farmhouse? Oh, no. Somewhere east of the place where Superman left. We traveled about an hour by truck, driving fairly fast. All right, we'll figure it out. Can we meet you near the farm? Near it. Captain, I'm in it. Stark and the Scarlet Widow are in the next room. Holy smokes. So don't waste any time. Contact Superman at once. Goodbye. You fool. You miserable, stupid fool. Wait a minute, Widow. You can't talk to me like that. What happened to those furs? I told you, I don't know. That's no answer. All I found was the truck. No furs, no plane, nobody around. Look here, you aren't by any chance trying to double-cross me, are you? Huh? You didn't perhaps make a deal with the men. If I had, would I have come here to meet you? Would I have brought the truck back? Well, there can be only one answer, then. Yeah, like what? The doctor was right. The power of your voice is failing. What? Failing? My voice? You didn't know I had you tested, did you, Butcher? Tested? How? When? That man I had you meet before we took off last night, the one who listened to you so carefully, he was a friend of mine. A doctor without a license to practice. And he said I'm through? Not quite, but your power is waning. That's a lie. It must be true or this wouldn't have happened. Your voice obviously had no effect on the plane. It never did crash. And now you're trying to cover up. So what is this? The kiss-off? You might call it that, Butcher. I've been very displeased with your attitude lately. You've become more and more uncooperative. So that's it, huh? You pull a couple of jobs and you figure you're back on your feet now, so you don't need me no more, huh? Your vocal power was your only asset, Butcher, and now that it's gone... Gone, huh? Well, I got news for you, lady. Stay where you are, Butcher! Put in that pop gun, you ain't gonna use it! Butcher! Does this sound like I'm through, Widow? Butcher, stop! Please, stop! Made a mistake, didn't you? Please, I can't stand it! Too bad! You're gonna get a lot more! on his heel, Butcher Stark rushes out of the park. His voice still echoes throughout the building. Echoes in the next room, where unseen, Batman lies sprawled on the floor, also a victim of Stark's deadly power. And in the living room at the Scarlet Widow's feet, a large kerosene lamp lies shattered, the flame beginning to eat its way across the rug. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Racing through the night sky, Superman searches for his friend Batman, while the Nebraska State Police turn search for him with the news that Batman had traced Butcher Stark to a rendezvous with the Scarlet Widow. Finally, when the Man of Steel sees a patrol car and swoops down to confer with the troopers, he receives the news from Captain Dawson in person. You know where the farm is, Captain? Yes, we figured it out. It's the old Handley place about ten miles down this road. Right. You and your men sit tight. I'll get you and their car there in a hurry. What's that? I said just sit tight. Up! Up! And away! <laughs> is on fire. Yes, you sure this is the place? Positive, but great Scott, where's Batman? You said he was here. He is. Where? Inside the house. I'm afraid he's done for. Stunned by the captain's announcement, Superman stands transfixed, staring at the blazing structure. Now, before he can move, the flaming roof begins to sag. The walls fill out with the entire building is on the verge of collapse. Anyone inside is doomed. Gang, there's plenty of action tomorrow's suspense-packed episode, so don't fail to listen. Be sure to tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 17 of The Voice of Doom on 
The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for Superman adventure serials soon to be shown at your local movie theater. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, after a frantic night-long search, Superman finally locates Batman in a lonely farmhouse but arrives to find the wooden structure in flames. Captain Dawson, are you sure he's in there? That's where he said he'd wait in the house. All right, then. Have your men stand by with first aid equipment. What are you going to do? What do you think? Go in after him, of course. No, Superman, you can't. The whole place is caving in. It's too late. They tell a story, gang, about a young lawyer who once lived out in Illinois. The story goes that he was once defending the son of an old friend on what he knew was a fake murder charge. But it looked bad for his client because a hostile witness testified that he had seen the accused boy there. Well, everybody in the courtroom figured that this just about cooked the young lawyer's case. But the young lawyer proved his case with an almanac, showing that there had been no moon on the night of the murder. Well, this established that the witness was lying, and the jury brought in a verdict of not guilty. Many years later, that same lawyer said... You can fool all of the people some of the time, and some of the people all of the time. But you can't fool all of the people all of the time. Well, by this time, you've probably guessed who he was. Yes, Abraham Lincoln is correct. Boys and girls, one of Abraham Lincoln's most outstanding qualities was his overwhelming passion for always seeking the truth, searching for facts. He had no for statements based on hatred instead of common sense. And one reason he came to love and respect all men, regardless of their race or religion because common sense told him to question statements based on racial or religious bigotry. Well, we can all take a tip from Abe Lincoln because four ideas which spread racial and religious hatred are purposely intended to fool some of the people, the weak, the susceptible ones. So when you hear such falsehoods about persons whose race or religion is different from yours, don't be taken in. Do as young Abraham Lincoln did. Dig into the real facts. That way you can never go wrong. And now, the adventures of Superman. Following the ruthless killer Butcher Stark to a secret rendezvous with the Scarlet Widow at a lonely farmhouse, Batman managed to phone the police and tell them where he was. And they, in turn, passed the information on to Superman, who had been searching frantically for his friends. 
Then, with Captain Dawson of the state police, the man of steel sped to the scene, only to find the farmhouse a blazing inferno and his friend trapped inside. Without a second's hesitation, he jumped forward to Batman's rescue. And at that very instant, the flame-weakened group tagged, the walls closed out, and as the man of steel disappeared into the flames, the entire blazing structure collapsed. Dawson, he's in there. I'm in the middle, but I saw him. I know the whole Now, Batman. <laughs> All right, I guess. You'd better lie still. My men are fixing up a stretcher. We'll get you to a hospital. <laughs> hospital, nothing. I'm all right. Take it easy, pal. How in the world did you do it, Superman? Oh, I found Batman on the floor just as the roof started to cave in. I managed to shield him. That was all there was to it. You mean the house caved in right on top of you? Yes, but I've got a pretty thick hide, Captain. Listen, what about Stark? Did you get him? No, we were too late. Can you tell us what happened, Batman? Sure. He and the Scarlet Widow had a scrap. Stark lost his temper and gave her the full benefit of his voice. And he broke a lighted kerosene lamp, and that's what started the fire. Oh, sure. And you were listening, so you were knocked out by his voice, too, eh? Yeah. But I saw it coming, uh-huh. so I covered my head with my cloak, blotted out as much of the sound as I could, and then to back was to me, so I didn't get the full blast. Good. But the widow... He's dead, Batman. I saw her lying in there, but it was too late to do anything for her. Well, where do we go from here? Now, we've only won half the battle. The more important half is still to come. Getting stark, you mean. Right. How about it, Captain Dawson? Can we get to work right away? Of course. We'll go back to Lincoln and start the biggest manhunt this state has ever seen. Good. Let's go. Attention, all county police. Be on the lookout for Butcher Stark, escaped convict. Wanted for murder. Description as follows. Attention, all state police. Request your cooperation in search for Butcher Stark, escaped convict. Wanted for murder. Description as follows. State lines are all being guarded, Superman. Every road is blocked. Fine, Captain. What about the neighboring state? They were closed an hour ago. Beetle couldn't well, get through without being yeah. seen. Good. That's right. And it looks uh, as if all we have to do is wait. That's all we can do. But suppose he does break through. He didn't accomplish, you know. We'll still have a line on him, Batman. We can alert bordering states in five minutes. He'd be on the job immediately. Good enough. I hope you warned everyone about the power of his voice, Captain. I did, but I've had a lot of questions about it. Frankly, they think I'm crazy. Well, they wouldn't think so if they could hear it. In any case, they're on the alert for anything out of the ordinary. Slightest indication of trouble, and they'll shoot to kill. Well, can't do any more, I suppose. Nope. Now keep your fingers crossed. Captain Dawson. Yes. Reporting County Sheriff, District 3. Let's have it. Yes, sir. Is it about Stark? Yes, listen. Truck in question found abandoned near outskirts of Brenton. Thorough check reveals man of Butcher Stark's description bought ticket at Brenton Railroad Depot bound for Omaha. Omaha? He's heading east. Now we can start pinning him down. Walters. Yes, sir. Alert the Omaha police. Tell them to check every local that's come through from Brenton and report back to me as fast as possible. Report from Omaha, Captain Dawson. Hi, thanks. Any news of Stark? Uh, investigation at Omaha Railroad Terminal reveals the man of Butcher Stark's description boarded Midwest Streamliner bound for Chicago. Chicago? What time to get there? Oh, I've already checked, sir. It arrives at 10.15. Uh, 10.15? Oh. Well, it's 9.45 now. We can make it all right. 
Captain, will you notify the commissioner of police in Chicago? Tell him to that train. Of course. And tell him that Batman and I will be there, too. Let's go, Batman. Right. Thanks a lot, Captain Dawson. Yes, thanks, Captain. And so long. Come on, through this window, Batman. Up! Up! And away! <laughs> Almost all the passengers are off, Superman. I know, Batman. Stark wasn't on the train. You sure you haven't missed him? Positive, Lieutenant. Are your men covering the track side of the train? Yes, and they've got every exit in this terminal blocked. Here comes the head conductor. Maybe he can tell us something. I'll ask him. Conductor? Yes, officer? You're the conductor of this train? That's right. You remember a man getting aboard the train in Omaha? Have you said about six feet tall, uh, coarse features? Why, yeah. And he probably spoke in a whisper. Oh, yes, yes, I remember. He was taking it to Chicago. Well? Did he get off here? No, no, he got off the last stop, Aurora. Said he uh, wasn't feeling well. Oh, Aurora, no. eh? Can you have the local authorities check in there, Lieutenant? Certainly. Let's get back to headquarters. <laughs> Lieutenant Byron speaking. Yeah? Yeah. Sure. Okay, thanks. Lieutenant, was that... Yes, Batman, that was a report from Aurora. Well? Bad news, Superman. What is it? No trace of Star can be found there. But, Lieutenant, he must have gone somewhere. I know, I know, but there's no trace of him in or out of Aurora. And it's been five hours since we last heard of him. Well, I'm doing everything I can. Ten inquiries all over the state. Excuse me. Byron, speak. What's that? Good news, I hope. He did, eh? Well, thanks. Goodbye. Well? Good news this time. What is it? Start chartered a plane at the Hammond Airport. A plane? For where? He's heading east to Metropolis. That's all we want to know. Come on, Batman. Let's go. He's got a five-hour lead on us, Superman. You think we can catch up to him? There can be no question about it, Batman. We've simply got to do it. Faster! As Batman hangs on, the Man of Steel literally scorches the air in his desperate flight to Metropolis. Will they at last catch up with Butcher Stark? And now, back to the adventures of Superman! Speaking eastward from Chicago to Metropolis with lightning speed, Superman and Batman cling tenaciously to the trail of Butcher Stark, the ruthless killer whose voice contains deadly sonic power. We join them now in Central Police Headquarters. In their disguises of Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, they question Inspector Henderson. Did you get the message from Lieutenant Byron, Inspector? Yes, yes, I did. And you covered all airports, I hope. I certainly did. Well, what happened? That plane never landed. What? What do you mean it never landed? That's what I said, Kent. I just got a report from the Galesburg Police. Well? The plane Stark chartered cracked up in the mountain. Oh, no. How did it happen? Well, they don't know. It seems that the pilot was dead before the plane hit. A dirty run, Stark. What about him? No sign of him. He must have bailed out. Yeah, I guess so. But why over Galesburg? I don't... Of course. Huh? What is it, Bruce? The Sonic Laboratory is in the mountains near Galesburg. Well, that's right, but what... And got... now I remember. The Scarlet Widow claimed he was losing his power. What? So he said he was going to do something about it. Wait, Scott, you mean... You mean he thinks that by going back to the Sonic Lab, he can renew his power? An insane man can think anything, Clark. Then we've got it. Come on, Bruce. We're on our way to a showdown. <laughs> Leaving Inspector Henderson open mouthed in bewilderment, Kent and Bruce Wayne stride quickly and purposefully out of the office. In a short while, Superman will again taste the deadly power of Butcher's voice. 
what will be the result this time. We'll know tomorrow, gang, so don't fail to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for the last gripping episode of The Voice of Doom on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman races with his friend Batman to the isolated sonic laboratory in the mountains for a fateful meeting and final showdown with Butcher Stark, the ruthless killer with the voice of doom. Well, there it is, Batman. There's the Sonic Laboratory. Stark, Superman. The lab is closed. That's good. I don't want any interference. Do you see Butcher Stark? No, not yet. But when he gets here, I'll give him a royal welcome. Hang on. We're going down. Right now, gang, the fishing season's going strong. Yes, everybody's doing it. How about you? All you need to know is a license, a rod, and plenty of fish. Oh, wait, I almost forgot. You need bait, too, of course. Something at which the fish will bite. Worms or minnows will do, or to catch certain fish, artificial flies are best. Now, really, when you stop to consider, Mr. Fish is 
isn't exactly an intelligent creature, is he? I mean, he can't even tell a fake fly from a real fly. A few bits of colored string twisted together with a feather or a shiny bit of metal will make a sucker of him. Now, I don't wonder we use the expression poor fish for some people who aren't pets. Because the sad fact is that among us humans, we have a lot of poor fish. Yes, they may have legs instead of fins, but they'll swallow any phony bait that comes their way. Provided it's gaily colored and all dolled up to look like something it isn't. For instance, racial nonsense that appeals to their conceit. They just love to nibble it. Some professional hate mongers tell them, you're better than so-and-so because your ancestors were here earlier. Or you're a more worthwhile citizen because your religion is better than the other fellow. Well, what happened? They've been made suckers of by people who want to weaken our country through disunity, internal conflict that causes Americans to want to fight other Americans. When you see that happen, it makes you wonder if maybe when we call folks like that poor fish, we aren't insulting the fish. Well, anyhow, keep this picture in mind. Don't you fall for sucker bait. Don't let anyone make a poor fish out of you. And now, the adventures of Superman. There over the isolated sonic laboratory in the mountains is heavy with the threat of violence and death. Jagged streaks of lightning flash warnings. And the booming roll of thunder underscores the promise of disaster. Two men wait in the darkness by the laboratory. Two men easily recognizable as Superman and Batman. Friends and partners in a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. And tonight they prepare for one of the greatest battles of their careers. A battle to end the menace of Butcher Stark, the escaped convict and ruthless killer whose voice contains the fearful power of high-frequency sound. The lightning and thunder flare and roar above them and the rain begins to pour down in blinding sheets. After a moment of silence, Batman stirs nervously. What time is it now, Superman? Two minutes later than the last time you asked, Batman. Almost midnight then, huh? Uh-huh. And we've been here for almost... Three hours. I know, I know. Maybe we've made a mistake. Maybe Stark isn't coming here. The plane he chartered crashed near Galesburg, didn't it? Yes, but and it wasn't an accident. He killed the pilot and then bailed out. Which means he must have had a reason to land so close to the land. Yes, I know, but look... He'll show up, that man. Don't worry. Wow, sure is coming down. What a night. Same kind of a night that created Butcher Stark's power. Remember? Uh-huh. That's a cheerful omen. Oh, Betty. Wait, Batman. What's up? Thought I saw something move at the edge of the clearing there. I, I can't see anything. This rain is like a solid wall. There. You see it then when the lightning flashes? Yes, something moved. It's Butcher Stark. Great guns, are you sure? Of course. I know him anywhere. Holy smokes, look. He's walking out into the clearing. Coming this way. Good. Well, what do we do now? Wait and jump him when he gets close enough? No, you stand back. I'm going to have it out with him alone. No holes barred. Now, wait, Superman. Be reasonable. Stand back now and cover your ears. This will probably be plenty rough. Can't you do it another way? There is no other way. Here goes. Okay, good luck, pal. All the luck in the world. Batman's words echo like a prayer in his ears. Superman strides purposefully into the rain, walking slowly and deliberately straight toward the advancing killer, Butcher Stark. The thunder rolls menacingly overhead, and the lightning flicks in endless chains, throwing a garish blue-white light over the clearing as the two men slowly close the gap between them, making their climactic meeting a matter of seconds. Suddenly, the man of steel comes to a halt 
and standing with his fists to his hips and his feet widespread, calls out a challenge. All right, Stark. That's as far as you go. Superman! That's right, Butcher. It's Superman. Where are you? Right here. Get a load of this! <laughs> I'm still waiting for you, Butcher. Okay, wise guy. Moving around won't help you. This time I'll finish you for good. <laughs> go on. Try it. So the deadly battle begins. Stark, roaring his anger, sending wave after wave of high-frequency sound against the man of steel, who dances back and forth with the speed of light, outdistancing or eluding each powerful blast of sonic power. Come on, Butcher! What are you waiting for? Finish me off if you can! <laughs> Raging now, stumbling around the clearing like an insane man, Stark tries to blast the man of steel, but Superman is too quick. Back and forth he dies, in and out. Killer in the face, literally playing with him. Then finally, Superman calls a halt to the game and stands squarely in front of Stark, taking a desperate chance. All right, Stark, here I am. Now, go on, yell, give me all you've got, and let's see who wins. Okay, sucker, you win, friend. Now, take this and drop it! Superman still stands firm as a rock. Okay, Butcher. Now, I'm coming after you. No! No, stay where you are! Here I come! Don't come any closer! Harry doubles his efforts. Superman speaks right into the sonic barrier. Stark is panic-stricken. Then, with one final shout of fear... No! He turns no, and starts to run. Stay it's too late, Stark. Don't come any No use running. You'll never get away! But then as he starts forward in pursuit, he is stopped by a sudden blinding flash of lightning. A blazing arrow from the heavens that sticks at the center of the clearing. And when he finally recovers from the initial shock and starts after the killer again, Superman no longer feels the deadly effect of Butcher Stark's sonic power. And the killer himself is crumpled in a whimpering heap. The act of nature that gave him his deadly power has now taken it from him. How do you feel, Superman? All right, I guess. No harm done. I can hardly believe it's all over. It was one of the most fantastic things I've ever seen. Yes, and it's strange to think that the lightning which created his power should take it from him. Frankly, I can't think of greater poetic justice. Well, it's all over now. And speaking of justice, let's take him back to Metropolis and turn him over to the police so he can get what he deserves. What are you going to tell Perry White? What can I tell him? Except that a murderer has been caught and will now pay the full penalty of the law. And now, back to the adventures of Superman! Several days have gone by since Superman's adventure with Butcher Stark's voice of doom. Now, in his guise and garb of the mild-mannered reporter Clark Kent, he is seated in his office at the Daily Planet when his door opens and copy boy Beanie Martin comes in. 
Hello, Beanie. Come in. You want to see me, Mr. Kent? Yes, I thought you might be able to tell me where Jim Olsen is. He was. I don't know, except, well, he went dashing out of here a few minutes ago, like as if his coat tails was a fire. That's so? Uh-huh. And he looked kind of pale-like and excited. Why? What happened? Search me, except maybe... Maybe what? Well, maybe it was on account of the visitor he had. Who was that? A peculiar-looking character with a long, curly beard and a towel wrapped around his head and, and earrings hanging out from his ears. Hmm, your description makes him sound like a Hindu. Well, whoever or whatever he was, he sure upset Jim. Why do you keep saying Jim was upset, Beanie? Because of what he said to me before he left. Tell me about it. Well, when I saw how he looked, glassy sort of, I asked him what's cooking. Yes? And all he said was, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. What? Yeah, and he said, I can hardly believe it myself. But I saw it with my own eyes and heard it with my own ears. And even if there's nothing to it, I just got to follow it through and make sure. How do you like that for double talk? Doesn't make sense. I sure don't. I don't like the sound of it, Dean. I don't like it at all. If Clark Kent knew what was behind Jimmy Olsen's strange action, he would like it even less. Because there is real cause for alarm. Yes, gang, there's real mystery and suspense in the new Superman adventure that begins on Monday. So don't miss it. For real kills and kills, be sure to tune in again Monday, same time, same station, for chapter one of the exciting story called The Secret of the Genie on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Wowzers! With crits starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. (laughs) 
day, with Superman out of the Daily Planet office, something so amazing happens to cub reporter Jimmy Olsen that he calls on copy boy Beanie Martin to vouch for his sanity. Pinch me, will you, Beanie? Pinch you? Yeah, go on. Pinch my arm hard. But, but what for, Jim? Never mind. It's important. Okay. Glad to apply. Ow! Yep. I'm awake, all right. Sure you are. And that means I didn't dream it. No, what? I... What's eating you, Jim? You wouldn't believe it, Beanie. Nobody would. Huh? I saw it with my own eyes and... And I heard it with my own ears. But I still can't believe it. It's impossible. Here's a little story, gang, that's almost guaranteed to make you laugh. I know it panicked me when I first heard it. It's a story about a tea that was given in New York recently to honor a visiting Chinese scholar. The committee that arranged the party, assuming that the foreign scholar would be unable to speak English were somewhat disturbed until one of them remembered a prominent American author who had written many articles about Chinatown. As a matter of fact, one man said, I've heard him rattle off Chinese as if it were his mother tongue. So the author was invited to the tea. And as soon as the visiting scholar appeared, they were introduced. All the guests at the party gathered round to watch with interest as the American bowed, then rattled off everything he had learned in his contact with Chinatown residents. The Chinese listened politely. He even registered great interest in what the author was saying. When the American had finished speaking, the scholar bowed gravely. Then, in perfect English, he said, I am grateful for your attempt to make me feel at home by speaking to me in my native tongue. Of course, everyone was astounded to hear him say that. But they were shocked and very much amused when, asked what the American author had said to him, he smiled and answered, As nearly as I can translate his speech, it went like this. Good morning. How are you? I am well, thank you. Some babe, huh? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Lobster Canton style, please. Thank you. Goodbye. Happy New York. Down the hatch. Well, of course, everyone had a good laugh. And no wonder, because it was funny. But it also taught a lesson, which we'll discuss a little later in this program. So keep listening. And now, the adventures of Superman! For almost a full day, it has been unusually calm at the Metropolis Daily Planet. But as we shall see, it has been the calm which precedes a storm. Superman in his guise of reporter Clark Kent has left his office, and cub reporter Jimmy Olsen is tilted back in Kent's chair, his feet on the desk, when the door opens and Beanie Martin, the copy boy, appears. Hello, Beanie. Uh, what can I do for you, young man? Don't give me that big shot routine, Jim Olsen. And you better get your feet off Mr. Kent's desk before he comes in here and catches you. <laughs> Mr. Kent back? <laughs> Boy, did you get your feet down in a hurry. Afraid oh. of getting caught in here, huh? Well, not at all. As a matter of fact, Mr. Kent asked me to wait here till he got back. He's expecting an important phone call. Now, uh, what was it you wanted to see me about? I don't want to see you about nothing. A guy named Abdul does. Abdul? Who's he? Search me. He looks as if he's one of them Rogers or Pashas or something. What? And is he a character? He's got a long curly beard and a towel wrapped around his head and he's wearing earrings. Jeepers, what does he want to see me about? Well, I asked him, but he wouldn't tell me. He said it was personal and very important. Gee, maybe he's got a big story for me. For you? Of course. Show him in, Beanie. Okay, but listen, Jim. I saw a guy like that in a movie once. He turned out to be a murderer. He had a knife hidden in the towel on his head. Oh, why don't you grow up, Beanie? Go on, show Mr. Abdul in. Okay, but remember, I warned you. Uh, take a chair, Mr. Abdul. Thank you, Sahib. You are James Olson now, you know. That's right. Well, what can I do for you? I bet a message for you, Sahib, and a great gift from my master. Huh? A great gift? Yes. My master wishes me to say that he will remain forever grateful to you. 
even into the hereafter. And he apologizes that he has not until now been able to make a suitable display of his gratitude. He begs that you will forgive him. Look, I don't get this. Who is this master you're talking about, and what's he grateful to me for? My master, Sahib, is the great Sheikh Faisal ibn Faisal. Who? Surely you remember, Sahib, how once in the desert, far from Morocco, when my master was about to be put to death by the Nazi band of Anglomberg, you saved his life. Oh, oh, yeah, now I remember him. Oh, but look, you've got it all wrong. I didn't save the Sheik's life. Superman did. My master said nothing of one called Superman. Well, Superman did it, though. I happen to be with him. But... Please, Sahib. Such modesty is seemly in a young gentleman of your character. But my master feels himself indebted to you and to no other. But listen, I... And so I have come to you with his message of gratitude and esteem. And with this great gift. She whiz. This gold key will unlock the box I set on your desk. Open it, please. Oh, but look, Mr. Uh, Abdul, I can't accept it. You would insult my noble master. Well, well, no, of course not. Then open the box, pray, and accept your gift. Well, well, what's in the box? That for which the greatest king would gladly give his entire kingdom to possess, but which is now yours alone. Golly, what is it? Open the box and you will see. Well, okay, I guess there's no harm in looking. It's just a little statue. A little man with tiny horns on his head and the body of a sheep. That is a ram, Saeed, not a sheep. Oh, yeah, a ram. <laughs> it's cute, isn't it? You believe it to be a worthless trifle, is that not so? No, you got me wrong, Abdul. This is grand, really. What if I told you the figure you hold in your hand can bring you all the gold you desire? Huh? That you need only speak to it as I shall instruct and it will grant your dearest wish. My, my dearest wish? Not once, but as many times as you ask. Oh, look, Abdul, I don't know who put you up to this gag on you, but you can tell him it works well. I really thought there was going to be something in the box, but now... But, Sahib, hear me. I speak truth. Okay, joke's over, brother. So skip the corny accent and forget it, huh? Your words are strange, but your manner is clear. I can see you do not believe yeah, me. That's the general idea. Will you do my noble master the courtesy to make a test of Shushaya, Sahib? Give me that again. Make a single test of the genie Shushaya. Judge then whether I have come thousands of miles simply to make a stupid jest. Test him, huh? Okay. Uh, Shushaya, I wish for a million dollars. Come across with it, Prana. You do not understand, Sahib also. Shushaya will help you to help yourself. In other words, he will create the opportunities for you to capitalize upon. Oh, you mean if I wish for money, he'll give me a printing press, huh? <laughs> no, no. Oh. How can I explain? Ah, yes. Tell me, what do you wish to be more than anything else in the world? <laughs> you know, Abdul, you put on a good act, so I'll play along with you for the last. What do I want to be? Hmm? Yes. Well, that's easy. The greatest reporter in the country. The guy who digs up stories no other reporter can. Not even Mr. Kent. A great reporter. Stories. Yes, I am quite sure Shushaya will help you in that. Oh, he'll cooperate, huh? I am sure he will. Now hear me. At precisely six o'clock, and on any other day at the same hour, you need only sit here where you sit now, where Shushaya has come into your hands. Make then such a request as we have discussed, and he will grant it. Uh, okay, pal, and thanks a lot. Drop in again sometime. Please, Sahib Burson, you must believe I speak truth. I implore you, Sahib, only to make the test with Shushaya at six o'clock today. 
I ask no more for my okay, master. Okay, okay. Very well. I leave now with your gracious permission. Yes, so long. Only one thing more must you remember. Discuss this with no one. Now, farewell, Sahib. Farewell. How do you like that guy expecting me to fall for a gag like that? Funny, though. I kind of felt as if he didn't mean it. Six o'clock. My watch is a little slow. Well, Chushaya, it's 6 p.m. Monday. Time for you to do your stuff. Well, I'm waiting, kiddo. What's holding you up? I wonder who put that guy up to this gag. Slain, maybe, or Tony Sloan? No, I don't think it... What? Hey! Hey, this genie's shaking like crazy. What? What goes on here? Amazed, Jimmy Olsen stares at the little figure of the genie on Clark Kent's desk, which suddenly, as the hour of six struck, began shaking as if it were alive. What can this mean? And now, back to the adventures of Superman! Alone in Clark Kent's office with the little figure of the genie which his strange visitor had called Shushaya, Jimmy examined it closely, but could find no trace of a mechanism which would account for its movement. That's funny. What made it shake like that? Just as the clock struck six, too. Well, that's when Abdul said... Oh, what am I talking about? If he thinks I'm going to fall for this baloney... What is your wish, master? Huh? Who said that? What is your wish, master? Jupiter's. There's nobody here except me and... And this little genie did, did it. Could it? Take your wish, master, and it will be granted. Look at the lizards. It, it talks. <laughs> Eyes barely popping from his head. Jimmy Olsen stares incredulously at the tiny figure of the genie on Clark Kent's desk, which has apparently spoken to him, requesting his wish. Well, a great many things, amazing things, happen from now on, fellows and girls. So be sure to listen tomorrow and every day as Jimmy, Superman, and their friends encounter experiences such as they have never had before in The Secret of the Genie on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a transcribed, copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from the planet Krypton who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, alone in Clark Kent's office, cub reporter Jimmy Olsen cannot believe his ears as a tiny bronze figure called Shushaya apparently speaks to him. Your wish, 
Hey, listen, the genie talked. Oh, no, it can't be. I must be dreaming. Take your wish, master, and it shall be granted. It is talking. It wants me to make a wish, just like Abdul said. I'm dreaming, all right, but what can I lose if I... If I... Listen, Jushaya, I want a big newspaper scoop. A big scoop all my own, see? I will grant your wish, master. Please. I will make you the greatest newspaper reporter in the world. Listen to me, and I shall tell you what to do to make your wish come true. Is there a little death trap in your home? I'm not kidding. I mean that seriously. And before I'm through with what I have to tell you, the meaning of that startling question will be perfectly clear. The reason I ask that question, for which, incidentally, the answer is always yes, is that there are more accident hazards found in the average home than anywhere else. Statistics show that on the average, 88 men, women, and children are killed, and 360 are permanently maimed or disfigured, while 12,640 are variously injured or temporarily disabled, all as a result of accidents that happen in the home. That should demonstrate to you that home disasters, which account for half the fearful toll of all accidents, are the most dreaded enemy to our well-being. And another appalling fact is that although some accidents are admittedly unavoidable, most of them can and should be prevented. What's more, in a majority of instances, the simple application of common sense could have prevented accidents that resulted in near death. Now, when you stop to think a bit about that, doesn't it make you wonder how it can be possible for terrible things to happen where you expect to be safe in your own home? And when you think a bit longer, you begin to realize that yesterday or last week or even today, you or someone in your house narrowly missed being hurt by something that happened in your house. Why, a simple thing like a loose rug can take more lives and maim more limbs than a military booby trap. You don't believe it? Well, just stay with us and later on, I'll tell you more. And now, the adventures of Superman. When a strange man who called himself Abdul presented cub reporter Jimmy Olsen with a small bronze figure which he identified as a genie and said that it would grant Jimmy's every wish, the cub reporter thought Abdul was playing a joke on him. But promptly on the stroke of six, after Abdul had left Jimmy alone in Clark Kent's office, the genie began to rock violently from side to side and then apparently spoke to him. Greatly startled, Jimmy examined the tiny bronze figure carefully, but he could find no mechanism to account for its movement or for the voice. And then the genie seemed to speak again. Take your wish, Master Olsen, and it shall be granted. Telling himself that he was dreaming, yet intrigued, Jimmy told the little figure of his dearest wish to uncover big stories, scoops, and become a famous newspaper reporter. And in reply, the mysterious voice said... Listen to me now, and do exactly as I say. A short while later, Superman and his guise of reporter Clark Kent entered the now almost deserted city room of the Metropolis Daily Planet. Finding his office empty, he calls to Beanie Martin, the copy boy. Beanie! Hey, Beanie! Yeah, Mr. Kent? Where's Jim? Well, he just rushed out here a few minutes ago like his shirt tails were on fire. Where do you suppose he could have gone? Search me. Supposed to wait in my office till I got back because he and I were going to have dinner and go to the ball game tonight. Ball game? Uh-huh. 
Gee, if, if Jeb don't come back in time, well, will you take me with you, Mr. Kent? Will you have to ease well, Certainly. If I can get another ticket, I'll take you both, Feeney. I'm sure Jim will be back right away. Well, uh, I'm not so sure. What do you mean? Well, it was right after this Abdul character left. Who? Abdul. Golly, you should have seen him, Mr. Kent. He had a long curly beard and a towel wrapped around his head, and he was wearing earrings. Like one of them Egyptian rajas. Oh, what about him? He said he wanted to see Jim. What about? He wouldn't tell me. He said it was personal and very important. He had a little carved box. Come on, get to the point, Beanie. What happened? Well, Jim said for me to show this character into your office. Yes, yes. And he was in there for a little while, and then a few minutes after he came out, Jim came tearing out to the study room. He looked excited and pale, and, and his eyes were glassy like me. Will you, Beanie? Uh, go on, pinch my arm hard. What's the idea, Jim? Never mind. Just do as I say. Go on. Okay, glad to be fine. Ow! I'm awake, all right. I didn't dream it. You didn't dream what? Never mind. Oh, look, Beanie, do I seem irrational? Uh, irrational? Uh, you know, I'm the beam. Okay in the head. Well, sure, I guess so. But you're awful pale, and you're acting kind of funny, but... Listen, Jim, what's this all about? You wouldn't believe me if I told you, Beanie. Sure I would. Tell me. No, you wouldn't. Nobody would. I saw it with my own eyes, and I heard it with my own ears, but I can hardly believe it. Well, it's impossible. What are you talking about, Jim? Listen, I did see it, and I did hear it. I know I did. Even if there's nothing in it, and there can't be, I've got to follow it up and make sure. I just have to. So long, Beanie. I'll see you later. Mm -hmm. I called after him, but he didn't answer me. Just kept on going, and what I mean, he was going. That's strange. Ain't it, though? At first, after I thought it over, I figured Jim was clowning. Making me for a ride, you know. Yeah, could be. Yeah, except when I think of how he looked, his eyes so glassy and his voice so cracked and, and kind of scared. Well, I'm not so sure he was clowning, Mr. Kent. Oh, he must have been. Nothing he said to you makes sense. I know. It looks to me as if he was building up an act for you and me, too. Sure, he knew I'd be back by this time, and you'd tell me what happened, and we'd knock ourselves out trying to figure it out, and then he'd give us a horse laugh. Gee, I hope you're right, Mr. Oh, I think I am, Bean. Jim will probably walk in pretty soon, innocent as you please, and all set to give us a big raspberry. So, just relax. Pretending more confident than he feels, Clark Kent enters his own office where he tries to busy himself with some papers on his desk. But he keeps glancing at the clock. Finally, he brushes the papers aside and rises to pace the floor anxiously. Meanwhile, only a few blocks away from the Daily Planet building, but deep underground, Jimmy Olsen is picking his way through a pit black cylindrical tunnel through which the sewer lines of the Metropolis run through the river. Using his fountain pen flashlight to push a thin ray of light through the deep room, Jimmy inches his way along a narrow catwalk built into the side of huge sewer pipes. Beside him, the tile walls are damp and climbing to the touch, and an occasional rat scampers past, brushing his legs. At intervals beyond one wall of the tunnel, a subway train thunders through an adjacent tunnel of the world with dull, tightly Leaning his eyes through the Stygian blackness, the cub reporter picks his way cautiously, tensely, guided only by the small ray of his flashlight. Something tells me I'm the world's number one dope for risking my neck down here. When the statue couldn't have talked. Only, only I heard it. It told me to come down here, and I find a terrific scoop. Myself, there was nothing in it, so well, now I found out. Hope Mr. Ken and Mr. White never hear about this. They never let me forget it. Like, huh? 
sounds like the genie's voice. Up ahead someplace. Maybe I... I'd better keep going, then. Heart pounding in his ribs, Jimmy Olsen resumes his torturous progress along the black sewer tunnel, guided by what seems to be the voice of the genie. What will happen now? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Holding his fountain pen flashlight high, Jimmy Olsen is taking his cautious way through a black tunnel beneath the streets of Metropolis, through which the great sewer pipes of the city run to the river. Then, echoing from somewhere ahead in the darkness, he hears what seems to be the voice of a genie which has directed him here with the promise of a sensational newspaper story. figure of a creature, half man and half ram. We'll know tomorrow, gang, so whatever you do, don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode when Superman goes into action. Be sure to tune in same time, same station for Chapter 3 of The Secret of the Genie on The Adventures of Superman. Feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine. It is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, in his guise of Clark Kent, Superman is in his office at the Daily Planet, when a violent explosion nearby sends him leaping to the window. Great Scott! That explosion was in the main sewer tunnel. I'd better get out of these clothes. This is a job for Superman. Uh-oh. I can see the water pouring into the subway tube. It'll wash out the tracks. I'd better work fast. There we are. Now, up, up, and away! 
saying, down through the ages, history and science tells us the peoples of the Earth always suffered an adventurous sort of wanderlust that made them travel all over the globe. But it always took great courage and stamina for them to go where no human being had ever been before, to speak in places that had never heard a human voice, and to walk on Earth that had never felt a human footstep. America was once a place like that, gang. Our own country was once a land in which there was nothing but animals, no human beings. No one knows just how people got here. Some think they came from the land we now call Siberia. And it's a good guess that they crossed over from Siberia to America on the ice. You see, the Bering Straits, which is the water that separates Siberia from Alaska, has been known to freeze hard enough so that people can walk all the way across from one land to another. So these people, who were strong enough and brave enough to come over the ice, became the first human beings to set foot on the continent of America. Thousands of years later, Columbus came here and found those people whom he now calls Indians. Those Indians were the first Americans. That gang means technically all modern Americans except Indians are foreigners because everybody else came here from other lands after the Indians were already here. But actually all of us from all countries and of all colors and religions, no matter when our ancestors happened to come here, ages ago across the frozen Bering Straits or in 1620 on the Mayflower or even only 10 years ago as immigrants from Europe, all of us here are Americans because America is our home, the home of the brave and the land of the free. Let's keep it that way. And now, the adventures of Superman. A bearded man wearing a turban and earrings called on Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet, and giving his name as Abdul, said that his master, a great sheik, had sent him to Jimmy with a gift because the reporter had once done him an important service. The gift turned out to be a bronze figure of a genie, half man and half ram, which Abdul said had the power to grant Jimmy's wishes. After the strange man had left, Jimmy, laughingly addressing the genie, wished for a great newspaper scoop. Then was startled to hear a voice which instructed him to enter the main sewer tunnel under the street, where he would find a big story. Doubting his senses, Jimmy nevertheless did as he was told, and he was making his way through the black tunnel guided by the voice of the genie, when suddenly there was a terrific explosion just ahead of him. Rock and earth flew skyward, burying Jimmy and blasting the hole in the subway tube alongside, into which tons of water began pouring from the wrecked sewer pipe. But Clark Kent, in his office at the Daily Planet nearby, heard the explosion, took in the catastrophe at a glance, and swiftly resuming his true identity of Superman, speaks to the scene. Up, up, and away! <laughs> Rocketing down through the hole blasted in the street, the man of steel sees that the young reporter is trapped under a pile of debris. And with one great swing of his arm, he brushes the rocks and earth aside. Great Scott. Jim. Jim, are you... Oh, he's all right. Just seems to be stunned. Well, I'll just make him comfortable here while I close the block in this sewer main before the water washes out the tracks of the subway tube. Straining his great muscles, Superman constructs a dam against the torn side of the gashed pipe and slows the mighty stream of water to a trickle. Then, hearing the sirens and bells of approaching fire and emergency crews, he makes a quick examination of the scene and, gathering Jimmy into his arms, leaps up through the hole in the street and into the sky. A few minutes later, in the back room of a nearby drugstore, Jimmy is revived. While Superman stands by, Inspector Henderson, together with Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet and mayor of Metropolis, hurls questions at the boy reporter. Come on, Jim. Come on. Tell us everything you know about that explosion. Well, I... I... You see, Mr. White... What were you doing in the sewer tunnel, Olsen? It... 
Well, well, it was like this, Inspector. You see, uh... No, quit stalling, Jim. Do you realize the water from the exploded sewer main was pouring into the subway tubes and might have washed out the tracks and caused a terrible accident? Gosh, I didn't know that. Worse than that. Another minute and the pressure of the water would have burst the gas mains. Then this whole area of the city could have been flown sky high. Cheapers. Then, then Superman must Why, have... of course. Oh, I don't know how to thank you, Superman. Yeah, you did a wonderful job. Forget it. Forget nothing. I want to know what caused that explosion or who. You know, Jim? No, Chief, I don't know. Oh, you don't, eh? How come? You were right there when it happened. Now, Olsen, I advise you to tell us all you... I can't tell you anything, Inspector. Honest, all I know is... Is... Is what? You're on the spot, Jim. Unless you tell all you know, you'll be suspected of being personally involved in what happened. That's right. Honest, Superman, all I know is that the... Uh, I mean... I got a tip that I'd find a big newspaper scoop if I went into the sewer tunnel and... Even lizard. Huh? Now what? I did get a scoop, a terrific scoop, and what a headline. Plot to blow up sewer tunnel and subway tube. Superman averts terrible disaster. Let me have that telephone. Now look here. Put down that phone, Olsen. Oh, boy, oh, boy. This is page one. Put down that phone, I said. Let him alone, Inspector. He has a legitimate scoop, and the public has a right to read all about it. But, Mr. Mayor, just because you're editor of the panel... Take it easy, Inspector. Take uh, it easy. We'll resume this inquiry at my office. Oh, and I promise boy. you, we'll get to the bottom of it. Even if Jim has to go to jail. <laughs> Daily Planet Extra, Superman saves city from disaster. Planet reporter uncovers plot to blow up subway. Extra. Now, are we all here? Inspector Henderson, where's Superman? Well, he said he'd join us soon, Mr. Mayor. Okay. Now, Jim... Uh, just call me Scoops, Chief. Scoops Olsen, the page one kid. Oh, stop taking bows, young man. Huh? You're not out of the woods yet, you know. Not by a long shot. Oh, what do you mean? He means we still want to know what you were doing in the sewer tunnel at the time of the explosion. Exactly. I told you. I got a tip that I'd find a scoop there. Yeah? Well, who gave you the tip? I... I can't tell you, Inspector. You'd better tell us. I, I'm sorry, I... I can't tell you. Now, look here, Jim. You're in a suspicion, Olsen. And unless you tell us what you know, I'll see that a warrant is issued for your arrest. Arrest? Right. And I won't do a thing to help you. So if you're shielding anyone... No, it, it's not that, Mr. White. It's just that... Just what? Well, I don't know a thing about the explosion. I swear I don't. And I can't tell you where I got the tip. Okay, then, Jim. It's my duty as mayor of Metropolis to order your arrest. <laughs> His face grim, Harry White, who feels like a father to Jimmy Olsen, orders the cub reporter's arrest. And Jimmy, unwilling to tell the fantastic story of the genie, turns pale, but keeps his silence. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In Harry White's office in City Hall, the gray-haired mayor and editor of the Daily Planet have just reluctantly ordered the arrest of Jimmy Olsen. But at that very moment, Superman arrives. Just a moment, Mr. White. If you're a newspaper man yourself, you know that a reporter's sources of information are sacred. Isn't that right? Well, well, yes. But in this situation, there's a... Now, wait a minute, Superman. That stuff doesn't go with me. What? The way it looks from here, Olsen is involved in that explosion. So you better... not, I tell you. You're wrong, Inspector. Jim was not involved. As a matter of fact, it's only by a miracle that he wasn't killed in the explosion. What? What do you mean? When your men finish clearing away the debris in the sewer tunnel, Inspector, you'll find a cord still intact, which had been stretched across the tunnel. Yeah? One end is attached to a small, crude lever. And you'll also find fragments of a large tin can. Tin can? That's right. It's clear to me that an explosive was in that can, and the string was a trip cord arranged to set off the charge when somebody walked into it. Now, oh, wait a minute. let me finish, gentlemen. The cord was only about 20 feet from where I found Jim. Now, which way were you going, Jim? Up or down the tunnel? Oh, let's see. 
impossible. That proves it, then. A few more steps, and Jim would have walked into the court and been blown to bit. Oh, no. So, naturally, he couldn't have been involved in the plot. No? Then who did set off the charge? I don't know. Unless, well, it could have been a rat. A rat? Yes, it's a dead rat lying across the string under the debris. That means the string was stretched low, probably at ankle height. So I figure the rat ran into the string and set off the charge, saving Jim's life. Say, I remember a rat running past me just oh. before the explosion. Well, I'll go on a lucky so you break. see, gentlemen, Jim was not involved in the explosion. I think he was lured into the tunnel by someone who intended to make him the victim of it. Me? Are you kidding? Well, who would want to kill Jim? And uh, why? Yeah, why? I don't know. But when you have the answer to that, you've solved the mystery. I don't think so. What? What do you mean? I mean, I can't explain, but... Golly, it couldn't be. While Superman, Perry White, and Inspector Henderson stare at him, words which he doesn't dare utter aloud run in Jim's mind. Jeannie said I'd get a big scoop if I went into the tunnel. And I did. He, he might have sent the rat to save my life, too. But how could that be? I know there are no such things as genies. Only, only I did hear the voice. And I did get a page one scoop, just like he said I would. Gee whiz. I don't know what to think. There are thrills and excitement in tomorrow's suspenseful episode, so be sure to listen. Tune in same time, same station for Chapter 4 of The Secret of the Genie on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a transcribed copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!